Every April, there's a very significant event in the sports world, that event being the NFL Draft. It's a very interesting and somewhat peculiar event, if you think about it, because all it is is three days of people going up to a podium and announcing names. And yet millions and millions of people watch it every year. There's no other sports league in the world that has a three-day extravaganza in the off-season that generates as much publicity as the NFL draft. And normally there's a lot of speculation who might go number one overall. And as you see, there's, you know, the first round picks, they all get to go out on stage with a jersey in their name with a number one on it, put on a hat and shake hands with that con man slash commissioner, Roger Goodell. And on the very last day of the draft, though, it culminates with the last pick. The very, very last pick of the draft, round seven, normally around pick number 250 or thereabouts. And if there's added salt on the wound of being the last guy picked in the NFL draft, there's a special title attached to that pick, that title being Mr. Irrelevant. You're the last guy picked in the NFL draft and they give you the title Mr. Irrelevant. Probably because, let's be honest, that guy is not going to have a very stellar NFL career to the point that people pretty much consider him to be irrelevant. Like, might as well not have even been picked. But in the midst of all of that, we have to remember that Mr. Irrelevant was still chosen in the NFL draft. You have a .00008% chance of being drafted in the NFL. One in 1.25 million. That's an incredible honor and a great privilege, even with the title of Mr. Irrelevant attached to it. Because think of all the people that never even got that chance. Even Mr. Irrelevant was chosen in the NFL draft. You know, our second reading speaks about this idea of being chosen, not by a team, but by God. You know, in fact, four times throughout this second reading, the word chosen or destined is mentioned by St. Paul. We hear that, we were ch that God chose us to be holy and blameless in His sight, that we were destined for adoption, that we were chosen in Him and destined in accord with God's purpose and with God's plan. It's very strong words from St. Paul that we are chosen. He really wanted to get that message across because Paul knew this better than anyone. He was chosen by God for a very special mission, a special purpose in the church. You think of that story of him being pushed off of his horse and God saying, I want you to be my disciple. And in fact, shortly after that, when St. Paul was baptized, God said this. He said, this man is to be my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles. So St. Paul knew this idea of being chosen and wanted to communicate that to us. Now, when we see this and when we hear these stories, we can think, you know, cool, that's, that's really nice. Paul was chosen, but that doesn't really apply to me. I've never had a big moment or a big cathartic instance of God knocking me off my horse and saying, I choose you. We've never been brought on stage and shook hands with Roger Goodell or put on a hat or posed with a number one jersey. I've certainly never been chosen like that. That wasn't how my ordination worked. Or heck, maybe a lot of times we were the last one chosen for a lot of things and we felt as if people didn't really want us there at all. It's very easy in our day and age to think that we are Mr. or Mrs. Irrelevant. 
And these feelings might be very true, and I know for some they are very, very real. But we have to remember that we are chosen nonetheless. We are chosen by our Heavenly Father. We are chosen in a way more profound than an NFL draft pick, and just as impressively as St. Paul was chosen himself. God chooses us, brothers and sisters. In fact, he chooses us multiple times, time and time again, God chooses us. Think of it this way, before the very foundation of the world, before everything was created, God had each of us in his mind. He chose each and every one of us. He chose to create us in his own image and likeness. Uniquely and specifically, he chose to create us in love. Fast forward to the cross. Christ specifically chose to die for each and every one of us. He essentially said on the cross, I am dying for you. I am dying for you, and I am dying for you. Christ chose us again on the cross. Or maybe even at our own baptisms, when most of us were little bitty infants, we were chosen by God to be his children. You know, in fact, in the very beginning part of the baptismal rite, the celebrant, I go up to each little baby and say, I claim you for Christ by the sign of his cross. Again, really driving home that point of that, that little baby, that little infant is now chosen to be a child of God. We choose this little baby to be God's son or daughter. And hopefully at the end of our lives, when we are brought to the gates of heaven, God will choose us again. There's an element of God choosing us to be with him forever in heaven, to have an eternity spent in union with him. That's the same catharsis as the NFL draft with all of the drama and then some. Now, we also have to remember that part of that being chosen could imply that there is some suffering involved. That's a necessary element of the Christian life. We know that there will sometimes be resistance just as the prophet Amos encountered in our first reading today. He knew that he was chosen to be a prophet, but he also knew what being chosen entailed. He was exiled from Bethel to Judah, and that really could have disheartened him. It really could have made him very discouraged. He could have said, oh, why me? Why, God, are you choosing me for this suffering? Why did you choose me to undergo this? But he didn't do that. He knew that God had a plan. He knew that God was choosing what was for his benefit, what was for his good, what was going to give him the most happiness and satisfaction for all eternity. So we know that even if there is suffering, God is still choosing what is good for us. Maybe a couple other ways that we are also chosen. We are part of the church, brothers and sisters. How blessed we are to be members of the greatest and largest family in the world. Has it ever occurred to us that God chose us for this? That he chose for us to be in the church? That chose for us to receive the great gifts of the sacrament? Or even for our own vocations? Those of you who are married, has it occurred to you that God helped choose your spouse for you? Not that you had to go along with it or you were forced to, but there's an element of God choosing you for each other, of helping bring you together. Or even your children, God choosing to give you a wonderful and tremendous gift. In every facet of our lives, brothers and sisters, we are chosen by God. All of this done so that we can give him glory, that we can give him honor. 
That is our mission. We are chosen for this beautiful role of giving God praise and glory. So brothers and sisters, we must know that none of us, none of us is Mr. or Mrs. Irrelevant. We are chosen with a mission and a purpose from God to give Him glory every day of our lives. So today, may we thank God for choosing us in whatever state of our life we might find ourselves in. Thank Him for choosing us to be holy and blameless in His sight. Let us never take this great privilege for granted that God chooses us, thirsts for us, and destines us for union with Him.